When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Welcome to the Your Village podcast, Parenting Beyond Discipline. Your Village is the most comprehensive site for evidence-based parenting classes available on demand at yourvillageonline.com. Our 50-plus classes give parents the foundation, steps, and tools for creating strong, healthy relationships with their children, resulting in responsible, cooperative, happy, and successful children and families. My goal is to help parents support their children in finding and reaching their own unique potential. The podcast is a place to learn about all things parenting and get your questions answered. I'm your village founder and your host, Erin Royer. All right, all my lovely parents out there, a couple of them really, I think, good things. First, now that we did go over 500 followers on YouTube, like I promised and have been promising and promised last week, I have put up the free class. The one I decided on was Intro to Discipline because this is a great foundation class of information about discipline strategies, how different parenting styles and discipline styles and strategies can affect our relationships and the outcomes for our children. The way we parent, the particular parenting style we use does have a huge impact on how prepared they are for life, including how well they learn to cope with life's ups and downs, how well they problem solve, communicate with friends, coworkers, romantic partners. This all directly affects their happiness and success in life and relationships. So that's up on the Your Village YouTube channel. I already had put up 123 Magic quite a long time ago, so that is available as well, along with my parenting tip videos that I will get back to sharing once my kids are no longer home 24 seven. It's just really hard right now with kids home all the time. Although, you know, if I had some parenting videos from when my kids were really small with them around, like when they were toddlers, three toddlers or two infants and a toddler, probably would be really helpful and really interesting to you all. And I'm not sure I would have had the energy to do that back then, but it would be really fun to look back at now for sure. And I'm sure I would have had a lot of interesting tips to share. Okay. Also, I just found that this podcast has reached the top 10 on iTunes. I have on parenting in parenting. I have been waiting for this, looking forward to this day for a very long time. So Thank you, thank you, thank you to everyone out there who's listening, who's telling your friends, who has um, really tuned in, who is enjoying the messages that I share about our wonderful children. And of course, that includes the struggles with our children and helping this podcast get into the top 10 parenting podcasts on iTunes. I am so happy about that. 
Okay, I have a great question today, and it really speaks to the struggle we parents can face on several levels, and something I think all parents can relate to on at least one part or another, if not to all these areas. Then after the question, I will share something that came up for us in our house this week related to our oldest son and helping him learn responsibility and how we handled it. Actually, how we are handling it because we actually haven't completed this full process as of yet. It just came up in the last couple days. But let's get to this question from Delilah who wrote in. Hey, I have been listening to your podcast and I need your help. My son is four, turning five in November. He has a little brother that's almost eight months. So my son, Ben, is very hard to work with for me. His little brother will be sleeping and that's when I get to do some me time or some chores. Ben will be asking for my help. I'll help him out, and he'll keep asking to a point where he's yelling out his cries. And that's when the baby wakes up. I'm tired and I'm crying. What can I do? He doesn't listen. He cries for what he wants until he gets it. And he hits me. Thanks, Delilah. Okay, so I'm sure a lot of parents can relate to having one of those days where you're just worn out and at your wit's end. So there's a lot of pieces to this question that can be worked on to turn these types of behaviors around so that these days are a thing of the past or are very few and far between where you're dealing with these types of behaviors. So I'm gonna try to find the best series of steps so that Delilah and anyone else who's dealing with some overwhelming behaviors can start to get things turned around quickly. So once things start to get turned into a more positive interaction cycle, it gives parents more time and more energy to keep working on the stuff that takes a little bit more time and focus and energy to really get into the positive track for positive connection, communication, and therefore cooperation. So there's, this is going to be a multi-tiered, kind of multi-step process here, but we're going to start with the stuff that should be the easiest to get this thing going in the right direction. Once you start to get that turned around, it just becomes easier. You have more time and energy to do the long-term type of stuff. Okay, so I think the best place to start is with decoding the reason behind the misbehavior. Then we can go from there. So Delilah's little guy is sending some pretty strong messages here. Now, kids are certainly not the best at sharing what they need in more socially acceptable and appropriate ways. Kids are emotional beings. They have a lot less rational brain development, and so they tend to jump to emotions, sometimes big emotions and big reactions, in order to feel heard. So they go right from zero to 100. So helping them work on these skills is a bigger and more long-term part of the solution. Now, of course, the younger they are, the more emotional their reactions will tend to be. Also, the less practice that they've had at it, um, the less um, opportunity that they've had, um, the less kind of coaching that they've had on working on that, they're going to be bigger. So with um, Ben being four and a half, there's certainly a lot that uh, can be done to help him learn to interact and share his feelings in uh, a more positive way. So first, I'm going to dive into what I'm gleaning is the main reason behind the misbehavior. Then I'm going to share what I think are the easiest and quickest steps first to get some of this switched around and then move on to the areas that are more long term where we may not necessarily see the fruits of our efforts right away, although they usually show up within a few weeks, but they do help our children become more aware and therefore improve their skills and behaviors some in the semi short term, but definitely in the long term, which is really what we're looking for as well. Okay, so from what I'm gleaning from the situation, 
Ben is definitely engaging in some attention-seeking behaviors. So there's many reasons kids misbehave, and there's four main reasons that kids misbehave. One of those main reasons is attention-seeking. And I cover the four main reasons in depth, along with three other reasons in the class on misbehaviors and solutions. The first thing I discuss in this class is figuring out the reason why first. You have to know the reason why first before you can actually address the behavior. So I also discuss in that class how to tell which of these four main reasons is the misbehavior coming from. Then the steps to going about fixing each of those. So in this case, I'm really leaning towards attention seeking. So Ben starts by asking for help. This is his way of trying to engage positively. He gets the attention, but then when the help and therefore the attention is over, he then turns to more negative means for attention. Now, does this mean that mom should have to spend the entire nap time engaging with four and a half year old? No, of course not. But with some shifts in approach, both in other times of the day, as well as during this particular time, both Ben and mom can get their needs met and this can go much, much smoother. So how are we gonna do this? First, we wanna take an inventory of how much time and energy our preschooler or young child is getting throughout the day from us. On average, it's not gonna be the same every day. It doesn't have to be exactly even every single day. It's not like there's a formula to this, like you have exactly 15 minutes every, you know, Monday through Friday and half an hour on the weekends. You know, it's really gonna depend. One day they might get a ton of attention, especially weekends when both parents are available. Other days they might get some moderate amount of attention. Others are gonna be smaller amounts of time. That's perfectly okay. But it, if it is on the shorter amount of time one day, we want to circumvent that by discussing this ahead of time, setting up the expectations. And I'm gonna cover exactly how to go about this in just a minute. But I also want to mention that it's really important, of course, it's really gonna depend on your child's temperament. If you have a child who is high needs or some of the qualities of high needs personalities, these include more intense, highly active, low in adaptability, highly sensitive with a realistic mood as opposed to a more upbeat mood, a more positive mood, then these, and I'm gonna say babies because you, there are high needs babies. That's usually when we notice it, is when they're babies, how high needs they are. And children, they can really drain us. So just for clarity, a high needs baby are those that need or seem to need their caregiver's intervention almost 24 seven. They're rarely quiet or content when you put them down. Now this can and often does continue into toddlerhood. They vie for our attention at almost every turn. It's almost nonstop. They rarely go play without our attention or interaction, but there are some things that we can do to do the best we can to minimize the draining nature of dealing with a high needs baby or a high needs toddler when we're doing this day in and day out. So I do cover each of those temperament traits along with five others, both high and low ends of each of these temperament traits of the spectrum for each in the temperament class. So if you really need to get a solid understanding of these traits, the high end and the low end, and how to handle each of these individual traits, how to help your child with them, coach them, um, working through discipline, helping them with preschool or the school process, I cover all that in the class. But how to guide them to make the most of their natural strengths while improving their strategies to help improve the areas where they struggle both in discipline exchanges, in family connection, in school, in hobbies and activities, you can see that class. 
Now, I have shared that my oldest was a high-needs baby and toddler, so parenting him along with twins born 20 months later was a definite challenge of my patience and energy. The positive that I can share, though, is that while he still has these traits, he's still intense, he's still highly active, he's still sensitive, he still has a realistic mood, although he can be a super happy guy sometimes too, which is great. He is super capable. He's driven, he's independent, which may sound like the exact opposite of a high-needs baby or or toddler, but once they're able to learn how to navigate life and their emotions, they can become very capable, very independent people, so that is the positive. So working through these things, it will pay off. Now, I can't tell from the description for sure if Ben is high needs or not, but he certainly could be. So this is why I really want to touch on this. And for any parent who is dealing with that, it's a really important piece to keep in mind and really work on um, so that for Delilah, any other parent, you recognize this, that description in your baby's, your child's personality traits. Here are some things that you can do. First, Just knowing that this is what you're dealing with can help immensely. If I had known when Carter was an infant that he was a high needs baby, I wouldn't have felt so overwhelmed. I know that sounds silly. It wouldn't have changed anything, but it helps me not feel like I just wasn't handling him well. Or like, why is everybody else's baby quiet or everybody else's toddler is playing quietly and mine is constantly looking for my attention. He was a high needs baby. That just would have relieved a lot of stress on my part. So it helps us adjust our expectations. It helps us make a plan to help our child develop some independence and knowing that it will vastly improve with some coaching and support. Second, set up a support system to get some breaks. If you're alone and overwhelmed, this is during the day, your your parenting partner isn't home with you, it's okay, we're saying baby, put baby down or to leave your toddler or preschooler for a few minutes, walk away for a few minutes to regroup. Find a place where you can go outside, shut the door, lock it, make sure they're safe. Just a few minutes, you can go in the bathroom, something like that. Get yourself a couple of minutes. Now, obviously for Delilah or any parents in the same situation, you're not going to want to do this during the baby's nap time because that's obviously going to cause an issue with waking the baby up. But when it's not nap time, know that's okay. Take a few minutes for yourself during other times of the day to just take a few deep breaths. Okay, number three, you can create a mantra that works for you. This won't last forever. I know it feels like it will. It really won't. It really does get much, much better. Another mantra. He has so many wonderful qualities too. So learning to focus on that. Four, make a plan with your partner on how you're going to deal with this. Does this mean you get some time in the morning before your partner leaves for work to have some me time? Or if your partner's still working at home, can he or she give you a break a couple of times throughout the day or, or in the evenings when they come home? So being so on, like on as a parent for so much of the day from the time the kids get up to the time they go to bed is super draining. So scheduling time where your partner can take over and give you some breaks when they're home is immensely helpful. Basically, so what we're going for here is we don't want to allow the intensity of the baby or the toddler or the preschooler's needs to affect the parent-child bond. So that's really what we're going through, going for here you will get through this. You're gonna take care of your kids as best you can and, and get the support that you need to also be able to take care of yourself. And we're gonna talk about this more. So as you're working through this with the kids, I'm gonna give some tips there, which also will help quite a bit. Okay, when we get back after the break, I'm going to dig into the steps for fixing the attention-seeking behaviors and setting expectations so that when you are not or cannot be available as often one day or for a short time span, you can set the expectations so that they are respected and adhered to for the most part. 
It's not gonna be perfect all the time, but it will get vastly better. There will be times it won't go perfectly well, but with some tweaks in communication, some expectations, some boundaries, working on some of the attention seeking and fixing that, it will be greatly improved. This episode is sponsored by By Heart. By Heart is an infant nutrition company whose mission is simple make the best formula in the world. Using the latest in breast milk science, ByHeart created a clinically proven, easy-to-digest infant formula that's made with organic, grass-fed whole milk, certified clean ingredients, and features a patented protein blend that gets closest to breast milk. Our blend includes the most abundant protein found in breast milk, alpha-lac, as well as lactoferrin, the number one protein found in colostrum, along with broken down, partially hydrolyzed proteins. ByHeart is an easy-to-digest formula. In addition to its patented protein blend, our formula includes prebiotics and an 80-20 whey-to-casein ratio like in early breast milk, which is tailor-made for a newborn's digestive system. ByHeart is the only U.S.-made infant formula to use organic, grass-fed whole milk, not skim. Curious about ByHeart? Redeem your welcome offer at byheart.com slash podcast with the code parenting for a limited time. Additional terms and conditions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Now that we're back after the break, let's get into the steps for fixing attention-seeking behaviors and setting up some solid boundaries and expectations around this attention-seeking. Okay, I touched on this earlier, but assessing the time our attention-seeking child is really getting, because sometimes it's what we call undue attention, meaning they're getting plenty of one-on-one interaction, but they're continuing to push for more and more. Kids need to learn independence and boundaries. So if they are getting plenty of attention, there there are things that we can do to help them work on their independence and to just set some strong boundaries. But sometimes our little ones are truly needing more from us. Have we gotten up, rushed to get ready, gone to the store, running errands all morning, making lunch, sitting down only long enough to take a few bites of food ourselves as we prep and we feed and we clean up after our children? Then we're off to put little brother or sister to bed for a nap and now our preschooler is fairly wanting some of our attention. And then they get upset when we don't oblige. Or have we made breakfast, played together, taken them to the park, come home to make lunch, put little brother or sister down, spent 20 minutes reading, snuggling, or playing, only to find they want more? Now, chances are it's gonna be somewhere in between these two more extremes. Now, of course, there's simply, there's no black and white about how much time is enough time. There's just no formula. And we certainly don't wanna pile on more pressure and guilt as a parent than we already have anyway. You know, as parents, getting half of what we need done, let alone all of it, is pretty much impossible each and every day. So of course, circumstances, and as I already mentioned, individual personality will differ a lot. When a child is sick, if a grandparent just passed away, you just lost a pet, you've moved, they've changed schools, life stressors are going to affect our children's needs and abilities to manage their emotions and play independently. 
So this is really about your judgment as their parent as to what you feel is reasonable given the variables. It's just as important that we do take a realistic look at our last several days though. What if we just got back from a trip away or we've been so super busy that we've barely had time to interact more than a few minutes here and there and our little one is now acting up. So it's understandable. And it's just something to keep in mind. So they may need actually need some attention. So we just want to be realistic in our assessment of that. So some tips for working on attention seeking. The first is special time. Now, if you've assessed this and you feel like your child is getting plenty of special time, great, this is taken care of. But this is that one-on-one -on -one time. Now, here's what I like to do and what I've done since they were very little. Also, I'm just going to mention, if you have a preschooler and an infant, you want to... You want to err on the side of the older child. So when Carter was a toddler and the other two were infants, you know, as long as they were taken care of, it didn't matter if they had one-on-one -on -one time with mom during the weekend. So I would take Carter out on the weekend and spend some special time with him, just the two of us, so that during the week when I was alone and I needed to take care of all three of them, hopefully he was a little more filled up with that and he definitely behaved better during the week. So those are some things to keep in mind. So this is what I would do. I would just bank it up on the weekends. It could be running errands with a special side trip built in, out for a coffee break or a snack. I would do that. I'd go out for, I don't drink coffee, but I would get tea and I'd get him a little snack and we'd just sit and we'd chit chat. From the time he was about three or four years old, we'd just sit and chit chat. We'd take a trip to the park, sidewalk chalk. We'd go up front and do some sidewalk chalk, just the two of us. Anything that allows you to bond will go a long way. It will carry you into the week. Bedtime snuggles, reading, these are great time to spend one-on-one. -on -one. Switching off nights with your partner, so you do a night, then they do a night, or you have a certain schedule, depending on what your family um, you know, dynamic is for your schedule. Anytime you can just sit and play with them, even just for a few minutes, will go a long way. And I will say, as a mom who had three toddlers at a time, or a toddler and two infants, you know, even just to sit down and play with him for 10 minutes during the day, just him and I, was enough. And that was all I could offer some days, and that is plenty. But then in addition to, of course, bedtimes, you always got the bedtimes one-on-one. -on -one. You want to set up expectations. So you want to say something like, when your brother goes down for his nap, we will spend the first 15 minutes together, just you and I. So think about what you would like to do together. But after that, I will need to get some things done. So let's think of some things you can do on your own too, okay? Also use contribution. This is a big one. Older kids, by older I mean anything older than an infant, so toddlers and preschoolers, have so much to offer and it can really make these tasks more fun, it can make them go faster, easier, and it can be considered special time together. Um, maybe you can hand them some silverware to load into the dishwasher. You can hand him a dish one at a time to load into the dishwasher. He can sit on the counter and chat with you while you clean up the kitchen. Preschoolers can do a ton from helping match socks, handing laundry to load, helping prep meals, even simple tasks like setting the table, cutting up soft fruits or veggies with a butter knife, adding ingredients, tossing a salad. Even if it's just a mindless task that they don't really realize, give them some spaghetti to chop up with a butter knife or one of their plastic toy knives. They will love it. They'll feel like they're helping. They're cutting up their own spaghetti, then you put it on their plate for them, something like that. Finding something that they can do that feels like they're contributing. It teaches them skills, it builds self-esteem because it builds skill and they feel a sense of accomplishment and being needed, which is a huge piece of self-esteem. Use positive feedback whenever your child is doing something that you consider a positive trait. 
You have been playing on your own for 15 minutes. That is so independent. You helped get the kitchen cleaned up so I can make dinner. Or you helped make the salad. That is so helpful. The positive feedback helps them know what positive things they can do to get your attention. So then they see themselves as helpful, as independent, and they start doing more of that. The positive feedback gets more positive interaction, which gets more positive feedback. And now you're in a positive cycle rather than the negative cycle. So you want to get into that place. Along with coming up with a plan on how you can get more support if you're feeling overwhelmed, these are the steps that I would start with to get these exchanges moving into a more positive direction. This will drastically reduce those stressful exchanges and that push you to the brink. After that, working on the emotional and social skills so that you can teach your preschooler and beyond how to have better communication and therefore more positive interactions to get their needs met. This is the next piece, and I've talked about this in a lot of different episodes. It's a super important life skill, too. So you can search back through and see what you can find. If you search for emotion skills or social skills, parenting beyond discipline, all the transcripts are on the website. So anytime I cover this, that episode, if you do a search, it should come up with the episode page, and then you can list the episode right on that page. Okay, so I also want to just quickly touch on Delilah, when you said um, he doesn't listen, he cries for what he wants until he gets it. So I would go onto the Your Village YouTube page and listen to the class, um, the Intro to Discipline class, the free class I just put up, because this talks about some of those psychological principles about this types of behavior and how this gets perpetuated. So if he's crying till he gets what he wants, it's teaching him to cry to get what he wants. So it's perpetuating the behavior. So you wanna break that cycle for sure. So I would go to that class and watch it because I think it's gonna really open up a lot of understanding about this principle and how it works and um, how you can shut down that cycle and get into a more positive cycle. I was also going to talk about one of the experiences that we had in our house this week. So my oldest son is 12 and he uses his iPad for school. And so, um, he had it on his bed and he kneeled on it and he broke the screen. He cracked the screen. We have a protector on it, but obviously the screen protector isn't careful enough. All the sides and the back and everything is protected, but the screen protector wasn't strong enough. So we have fixed this iPad I don't know, probably only once. And that was not his fault. He brought it in the car, showing the house, brought it in the car and the dog jumped on it and broke it. So we fixed it. But this time it was completely and fully his doing and his behavior and being irresponsible that had fixed it. Now, you know, it's not cheap to fix an iPad screen. It's usually about $100 and he is 12. So that's a lot of money. But I just didn't feel like it was right for us to just shell out the money and fix it for him at this point. And so... But I also felt like $100 was an awful lot for him to shell out to fix it, even though he has it and he has saved his money for a long time. So he does have money to do that, but it would really cut into the savings that he has. So what I told him is that we would split it with him. So we have decided that he will pay for half of it and we will pay for half of it. So this way, it's not like, oh, well, if I just break my iPad again, mom and dad are going to pay for it. This hurts. Like it's enough money that it's going to hurt and it will should teach him to be much more responsible with his things going forward. So that is what we felt like was a very fair um, solution to this issue and teaching him how to be more responsible with his things. 
So that was just something that I thought was important to share with you guys, the audience, um, about how sometimes, you know, you can figure out some sort of common ground or middle ground when it comes to some of these things. This is obviously for kids who are a little older once you get to that point, but some things to think about as they get older and how you can help them learn to be more responsible with their things. Okay, so... All of the classes, your developing toddler, preschooler, they cover how to work on the social emotional skills I was talking about earlier. Um, misbehaviors and solutions, the tantrums class, also cover lots of tips for teaching good social emotional skills as well. So if this is something you really feel like you want to work on, and this is something we really work on a lot in these preschool years and into the early elementary years, so these are some things that are really good to know how to do well. Also, the classes on peaceful parenting. Part one talks about self-care, how to find solutions for making sure you're getting your needs met so that you can be at your best and most patient with your kids. Taking care of ourselves is taking care of our kids. There's no need for guilt when it comes to taking some time for ourselves. Part two talks about lots of tools for dealing with the day in and day out stresses of parenting and to go into them with more calm. So those are all on the website, including the positive discipline, temperament, over 60 parenting classes on demand at yourvillageonline.com. Thanks for listening and see you next week. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.